Welcome to the Liberal Europe Podcast, European Liberal Forum Project. I'm your host, Ricardo Silvestre. And before we start our show today, this is the 100th episode of the European Liberal Podcast. And also, as we close the year of 2021, I want to have a special thank you to you, the listener that has been following us through this path. Also, we've been very lucky to have such fantastic guests on the podcast with their insights, their experience, their knowledge. But most of all, this is because of you, the person on the other side of this podcast. You that listen to it, you that share it, that can use some of the information that we share here for your own knowledge and also to become more active in spreading liberal values and ideas. So we will be talking again on 2022. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season and talk to you soon. Now for today's podcast, we have a great episode. I'm very happy to have Professor Gerard Pogorel on the podcast. He is the Professor Emeritus of Economics of the Institut Polytechnique de Paris. He was the chair of the European Union Framework Research and Technology Development Program Monitoring Panel and chair of the Monitoring Committee on the EU Information Society and Technologies Research Program. We have Professor Pogorel on the podcast today because we're going to discuss his policy paper that you can find on the ELF website, a European audiovisual area for the age of global entertainment. And we're going to focus on promoting European artistic creations, both in Europe, but also globally. So with no further ado, I bring you Professor Gérard Pogorel. I'm here with Professor Pogrel. Professor, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's great to have her. And this is such a fascinating topic and actually a, a close to me because my brother, he writes scripts for television. And just the other day he came to me and he said, Ricardo, do you know that Netflix is going to have a program for young talents in Portugal? And I was like, really? And then I read your policy paper and the thing just completely clicked. Your policy paper, as I said, introduction, a European audiovisual area for the age of global entertainment. And let's start with that. You go into wonderful written fashion on the details about digital platforms. They're providing financial means for original productions. So this is member states in the EU, local production productions, young talents, all this thing is brewing. Tell us why is this so interesting? Yes, thank you. That's quite a fascinating uh, issue. What we what we what we have here is basically a European Union, which is uh, culturally extremely rich, which has wonderful creative talent. Well, in in particular in film, movies, uh, television. It's really a fantastically lively scene with mm -hmm. uh, that and very diverse. And we we have. Uh, I don't know how many languages, because we not only have uh, uh, national languages, but we have uh, uh, local, regional languages. And the, the, this is a wealth of culture. This is a wealth of creative talent, which uh, I, I could say is uh, has no match 
uh, anywhere else in the world. And then on, 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 on top, and, and this wealth of creative talent, uh, fortunately, has been uh, encouraged in, in, uh, in Europe, in, the, in our generation, and uh, the, the, this, has been the, this has been an extremely important step, step for Europe to uh, succeed emphasizing and uh, supporting this uh, uh, the cultural diversity and creative talent. One side effect of the concept of uh, uh, cultural diversity is that the, o o over time, it has had a tendency to stick by itself, I would say, and to look, to not to look um, at uh, Europe as a whole, but to, to look at very specific, at each uh, uh, part of this diversity as a, might have a tendency to, to look inwards. What has happened in the very recent uh, period is the, the advent of uh, global streaming plat platforms. So we, we all know about this. It's very spectacular. Everybody talks about it. Uh, we, we know that uh, Netflix, which uh, originated in, in, in America, uh, started to work as a, with, with the distributing the, the, the DVDs and now and has succeeded in a fantastic transition from uh, the DVDs to uh, films on DVDs to uh, the, the, the fascinating a streaming platform we, we know about and now Netflix has a, a big big competitors in, in the US either created by studios like like Disney uh, Warner uh, or, or created by cooperative of uh, various studios or, or broadcasters so we, we have and, and this pu this push from America, has reached Europe in the in, in the past uh, in the past two or three years, and now the the we have those two layers of uh, cultural uh, uh, talent uh, applied to to streaming in in Europe. We have those two layers. One layer of uh, which is composed of this fantastically wealthy and uh, very rich uh, cre creative. Uh, productions, you know, works of art in, in films and television. And then on top of that, we, we have those platforms which, which have a, a global reach, not only America and Europe, but also Asia, Africa, all Latin America, all over the world. So we, we have those two. And the, the, those platforms, regarding those international platforms like, like Netflix, Amazon, um, well, soon, soon to arrive the Disney, and soon to arrive possibly uh, HBO in Europe. They, they have taken a look at at Europe, and th those guys, they are, you know, they are businessmen, uh, of course, and they are, uh, they know, they know how to uh, to identify and to mobilize talent everywhere. So. And the same way they have uh, they they have mobilized talent in America. They they they, they are mobilizing talent. Uh, you, you so you, you the the fantastic talent we have in Europe. You you mentioned Portugal, and in Europe we, we have uh, also fantastic creative talent in in Scandinavia. We had we have great talent 
in uh, in, well, in Germany, in Italy, and in Poland, in uh, so, so we uh, in in France. We, we so we should list all all members all members of the European Union and beyond the European Union. Also, uh, this has yeah. taken place as a, as a strategic initiative from international platforms to to please their their. Uh, tens of millions of subscribers, customers in Europe. So it's a smart strategic move. And at the same time, uh, this strategic move has been, uh, I would say, uh, uh, encouraged by many governments in Europe, uh, which take a look at uh, the the local diversity. And they, they, they have come up with a legislation which says that uh, all operators in Europe should conform to the rules which apply to broadcasters in particular and have a certain proportion, 20%, 25%, 30% of local cultural production. But I would say the, the, there is a, it, it's, the, there's no contradiction here. It's, it's in the interest of all and it has been very well understood by both the players, the actors and the platforms mm -hmm. and the governments. And we're going to talk about that in a second, about how to make that machinery work and to make either a cooperative or a parallel system running. But before that, on your paper, you go into something that I thought was really, really cool. And I wanted you to go a little bit into that. And that is, you talk about a higher global demand for non-American products, and particularly for our conversation, European products. And then you go to another ambition that we can have, and that is to go from this European projects, and you were just mentioning some of it are local, and now thinking, for example, one that is called the House of Paper in Spain that was very, very, uh, very well done and, and had a lot of uh, audience here in Europe, or for example, Dark in Germany or Border Town from Finland. But you go a step forward, and that is to make a pan-European projects. Please go into that. Uh, I'll be very careful here because I would say political uh, political views do do not go well with creative talents. For, for talents to be creative, they they. they there should be the, the the least possible, you know, interventions. Uh, the, so mm -hmm. yes, the, I would say the well, we, we have programs at European Union level, uh, which encourage European, European uh, audiovisual productions. And uh, there, there are special programs in the, in the media initiative, and which encourage European why European European project with uh, you know uh, actors from uh, uh, two or three European countries and uh, uh, certain criteria. So th th this is good. This is good, of course. But I would say we have to be careful with this because, like I said, politics and even the best possible politics, the vision of European culture, etc. But our uh, a vision, a political vision of European culture. Uh, doesn't uh, uh, fit well with specific uh, cultural creations. Please go into that then, because I, I think that is a very provocative uh, thought. So how does one thing affect the other then? I would say we have two, 
two challenges. One challenge is that the main cultural content distributors in Europe, now we have those platforms which originate in America. We, but still, we, we have this problem in Europe, but we are uh, in, not, not only in audiovisual, but may, may being what's one step be behind our American friends is is not always uh, the, the best possible situation. So, but we so we have a challenge from uh, those uh, those uh, platforms which emanate from America, whether they are they are called uh, Netflix or Apple or, or Disney or HBO or so the. We have this problem here. Then we we have the 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 problem I mentioned before that the we we have reached a stage where cultural diversity is as I would say has reached its limit. The and we we have to reconcile cultural diversity uh, with the European twist platform, the European wide and international worldwide platform platform vision because now the 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 horizon for for european creative talent is not only uh, france for the french uh, uh, germany for the german or finland for the for for the finns the the horizon of creative talent is not only europe but now technology ma- makes it so that creative talent from everywhere can can be enjoyed by by people you know citizens uh, young young people curious people everywhere in the world and now, now we have the pleasure uh, to 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 be able to enjoy creations from ta- taiwan from uh, uh, from korea from japan of course from africa so and, and vice versa it, it's important for europe and this is the, the you know the the, the concept which is very very much in use now of a soft power for you to uh, to maintain and increase its soft power its cultural creation ha- has to be uh, known and appreciated in, in asia uh, at least in in the asian countries which which uh, uh, are open to to creative talent so in in japan in korea in taiwan are very good examples mm-hmm. Of um, uh, countries where the European creative talent is very much appreciated, so we we, we had this the, this uh, worldwide vision, which is now f- thanks to the technology, for ten- for thanks to uh, worldwide connectivity, the European creative talent ha- must have this horizon, not just you know to uh, to preserve the the each single. European countries create creative talent for itself, but to project this uh, on the on the world scene. So I would say that at least part, uh, and as we are talking about an industry which is very much supported by public funding, uh, whether member state level or uh, union level, the, the what we could say is that uh, well, European uh, European creation is one one possibility, but the putting some conditions and and some support from uh, creations from each single country you know i'd like to say that 
being uh, a citizen of one member country and being European is not contradictory at all. I'm European because I'm French. I'm French because I'm European. So the, the, this is a, we we can we observe every day that each you know that uh, the cultural creations of one country, European country or uh, from or countries from elsewhere, you know, from Turkey or from, you know uh, have or from Brazil have universal appeal. So the, and the, what 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 Europe could do, and this is one of the proposals in the in the policy paper is uh, reinforce the the entities which are in charge of uh, exporting exporting European European audiovisual productions and some countries have already taken an interesting step which is to and it's the case of Italy I think to merge the entities which are very small entities as a, a couple of dozen people but merge the entities which support the export of a film and the and the export of television works so and because now it's just one world market film and television are just are just one market it, it's difficult because the the, the cultures are uh, or those two industries are are, are not exactly similar, uh, and but still p- putting together our, our resources uh, to promote the you know everything which is Europe is everywhere. Uh, Europe is in Calabria. Uh, Europe is in uh, Bavaria. Europe is in Barcelona. So Europe is everywhere, and uh, our European creations. Have you have worldwide appeal? It's hard to predict, and sometimes we have surprises. Things we think should have worldwide appeal do not succeed on the worldwide market, and some things we are which we 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 see as so specific, so original, so local, and you know this is the old story of the you know you remember this this old successful series in America, Dallas, Dallas among uh, uh, terrible oil people in in, in Texas, and Dallas had a a fantastic reception in Algeria, and in small villages in in Algeria could identify themselves with the the, the characters in Dallas. So we, we never know, and we never know. So some local productions, for reasons uh, which uh, defy understanding, uh, which uh, which is the case for create creation culture, for the, for reasons we don't cannot really analyze, have universal appeal, and this is the beauty of the of this uh, of, of 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 culture, and so, so that it's not predictable. Well, I would like to see more pan-European projects with a wider range of contributions. I, I'm a big fan of a TV show from Netflix called Tribes of Europe, where they, it, but this is, of course, uh, science fiction. It 
place in the future and Europe has been fragmented into tribes. But they, they do go a little bit into that and saying, okay, for people that are outside Europe, they are the Germans, they are the French, they are the Irish, they are the English. So that, of course, this is a dystopian uh, show, so it's not the best one. But absolutely to go into comedy, to go into romance and cross-pollination among member states, I think that's a fantastic idea. And there is work done by the European Commission, mm-hmm. and you just mentioned in passage, there's a media program, Creative Europe, Action Plan to Recovery and Transformation of Media and of Audiovisual. Still, we are competing, and we're our liberal podcast, so we don't have any problem going into that with a giant. And you were just mentioning how much money uh, on your paper, you mentioned how much money um, Netflix has for productions, and now Disney. For that's another good example. So, how can this be then a fair competition, or have a way to come through without the money coming then in in such a, a centralized way, like you were describing a minute ago? So, how do you think could be the path that we go through? To have that kind of uh, projects running. Yes, you are, you are right. The the amount of money uh, big international platforms are able to to put on the table, and we, we are talking about tens of billions of, of dollars mm-hmm. worldwide, and uh, hundreds of millions of, 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 of euros in Europe. The, the, this kind of money is, you know, unheard of. In, uh, in the European audiovisual uh, industry, and in particular, uh, European Union level, uh, where, uh, as you know, those programs, although we consider them pol- politically and uh, in, vi- in visionary terms very important, are just a small part of the funding which is devoted to, as we, as we know, agriculture and, uh, and research and uh, and structural funds. So the but the I, I would say let, let's be optimistic. This is uh, what's happening is is very good. The the more uh, the the more money creative talent in Europe gets, whether it is from uh, uh, national uh, entities, uh, U- European Union programs, or international platform, it's all good. It's all good, and we and the, the uh, I would say I'm fairly I'm fairly optimistic, and the, because in in the end what's important is provide uh, our pool of uh, creative mm. talent in Europe, which like I said is has, has no no equivalent in in the world. Provide our pool of creative talent to with the means to. Uh, uh, to create works of arts or audiovisual programs, films and TV series, and for those creations to be presented on the largest possible scale. So uh, now, of course, and at this point, I'm not an insider in Netflix or Disney or Apple, but at this point, the the they have many. The, those people uh, have a knack for uh, managing creative talent. And they have. Uh, uh, they have been very smart in uh, uh, so choosing the 
the people in charge in uh, in Europe, in, in uh, European countries. So they are they are doing, I would say, a good job with, uh, like you said, some successes you, you mentioned and some failures, which I won't mention. But sometimes, and this is the illustration that we are we are in an industry where uh, you know we it's not like. A, the car, the car manufacturing industry. Uh, the, uh, in the car manufacturing industry, uh, the, the car, car number one thousand is exactly similar to car number one. In in the in film production, this is not the case. Uh, you can be very successful one film and extremely have a terrible failure. Professor, as we get into the end of our conversation, a lot of discussion about can we have a European Netflix? Can we have a, a platform that is European-born and European-focused? And there's a lot of discussion about that. You do present on your paper some very interesting suggestions if the European Commission go into a media and audiovisual action plan. Please go into a couple of those uh, suggestions that you give for all the stakeholders to discuss. Yes, yes. Th th thank, thank you for this question because effectively one reason I uh, I wrote uh, this, uh, uh, I did this, this research and as, as a policy paper is that the, the European Commission is engaging into uh, consultation with the industry on, on how to, to uh, improve the European perspective, global and, and entertainment uh, a market or world. So yes, the the what I think we we could try to to do. I, I'm not sure you know the we we cannot have a you know the, a political initiative uh, uh, say, saying okay we will create a European Netflix uh, a, a very sh short way to. Uh, to 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 present a, any small any initiative small medium in Europe a new a European Netflix no, I I don't think we are at the stage where they, they we will have a new European Netflix maybe maybe later you never know when we will it's a it's a world where you know a cr mm -hmm. creative destruction is at play and. The, uh, we we don't know what ha what happened what will happen in three five years but yes the, I think it, it's uh, my perspective is how to uh, to go to keep cultural diversity which is at the core of the, our cultural vision and and make make it make cultural diversity more Euro European to put the the emphasis on diversity but diversity. Uh, offered at a Euro mm -hmm. European and possibly wo worldwide uh, scale. So, the, yes, I think w one possibility for European programs uh, it would be to uh, em emphasize more the support mechanisms, the incentives in, for pre-sale of future distribution rights across the EU. Let, let, let me make this clear. The uh, the, when we had this consultation with uh, at uh, ELF with the industry, we got extremely valuable insights and extremely valuable assessments. And I would say we we, we are talking like, like, like I'd say, I insist very much on it. This is an industry where people are extremely smart, extremely talented, and they they know they know their their stuff. So we. We have mm -hmm. we have to be careful when we 
introduce, we, we, we say we will all things which we, we have, and, and those, those people, you know, cannot be replaced. You know, they are not just, uh, they, they, they are the, the pool of talent of, mm-hmm. which makes European culture. So, but still, uh, the, we, we, we should help the those uh, creative talents the people who create the, this uh, cultural diversity we are so proud of we should help the, those people go beyond their the the each member country market o- of course they will say oh we we know better we know when is the time uh, for our uh, for one film or one tv series to be presented uh, in italy and then we know when it will be the time to present it in in sweden yes but we could help the 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 pro- a problem we have especially with a, uh, and this is where culture meets politics uh, the the delicate moment where culture meets politics so we would like Europe to be more visible for European citizens, and for for this we want to we want European citizens to share common common moments, presentations of of themselves of European of European culture. For the moment, we we have uh, football, uh, we we have uh, the the Noya concert in at the Vienna Philharmonica, uh, European events. And then we have Netflix, which comes up with European-wide events. And we would like uh, cultural diversity to be to be able to perform the same kind of European events. Mm-hmm. So I would say there should be incentives for our diversity industry to uh, to make an effort and to to think out of the box to be able to uh, to make. European-wide mm-hmm. cultural events. Their uh, European programs are supporting the creation of a TV series in in Hungary. The this uh, why not make the presentation of this TV series originating in Hungary very Hungarian and because it is very Hungarian, very European. Uh, why not make this a European-wide event? So, so I'd say one uh, the the this is this is one way for the Euro- European programs to emphasize the European dimension. As we getting into the end of our conversation, but I can have you back soon so that you can go into a little more details because you did open uh, the avenue for a couple of questions in here. If there's some something that you really would like to leave as a final message, please do, yes. Professor. Yes. The uh, yes, th- th- thank you for this. So the uh, actually, so the, uh, we are so as we are entering a, a phase of a of a public consultation organized by the European Commission on the future of the European audiovisual area. So I think it's it, it's a it's a moment for the European Commission, European Union, to uh, incentivize the very lively audiovisual uh, creative. Uh, uh, talent, creative pool we have in Europe to go beyond cultural diversity. We sure. have to keep cultural diversity, but to think out of the box to make it more European and more worldwide. So the, the, this is this is my message, 
Uh, the, we we have a treasure of creative uh, uh, of creative works of, of works of art of creative talent. We, we the the and and we have a vision for Europe. And we we think that culture has to play has to fully play its role as a as a uh, as as part of the of the European vision. And for for this we we have to emphasize a bit more the the role of a. Uh, Europe, the, the place Europe has in in the in the audiovisual uh, area, and uh, the the kind of relation between what is cultural diversity and what is the the European vision we we share as a, as a European European citizens and as a, you know lovers. Of art and lovers of uh, of films and television. I've been talking with Professor Gerard Pogrel. The policy paper is a European audiovisual area for the age of global entertainment. I'm going to put the link to the policy paper on the show notes of the podcast. Please go there and read it. It's a fascinating document and with very uh, very provocative. thoughts, but also a very easy to apply solutions. And Professor, again, I think we just started to have a larger discussion. You went into a couple of points that I would le- really would love to have more of your thoughts on it. So I'm going to ask you to please come back to the podcast again. But for now, thank you so much for talking to me. No, thank you. Thank, uh, thank you for you know, your, your, your in-depth reading of, of the paper. Thank you for your questions. And uh, le- yes, le- let's keep in touch because uh, there'll, there'll be a lot to, th- to think in the, in, the, in, the, in the near future about, uh, about all this. I'm back. Just reminded that you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you feel like it, give us a five-star review. In that way, you can help us spread even more liberal values and ideas. And this is all for now. I'll be back soon with more podcasts. Until then, let's keep making the world a better place. The Liberal Europe Podcast. It's organized by the European Liberal Forum with the support of Movimento Liberal Social in Portugal. This podcast is co-founded by the European Parliament, and the European Parliament is not responsible for the contents of this podcast or any news that may be made of it. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the European Parliament and or the European Liberal Forum.